You know, the words of that song, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. You know, they were made famous by Elvis Presley back in 1957. And it really struck a nerve with people all over the world because it really captured the essence of a lost love during Christmas time. And I think it's powerful because in so many ways, the Elvis song sums up the way we feel when we find ourselves experiencing loss during this most joyous time of the year. You know, I know for me personally, this Christmas feels different because my mom's not going to be here. I mean, this is the first time in my whole life that I've ever experienced a Christmas without her. You know, even this last week, we started having conversations with my extended family about how we were going to celebrate Christmas now that my mom's gone. And I have to tell you, it wasn't a pleasant experience because it just accentuated my feelings of loss. I mean, it accentuated the, the loss of time with my mom. It, it accentuated the loss of things that we would do together as a family, and it accentuated the loss of so many family traditions that we had with her. And I know maybe today, for some of you, you've got some of those same feelings as you enter into this season. Blue feelings. Things in your life that are not going to be the same. And while all the background music in the stores and the elevators are saying, have a holly jolly Christmas, in your mind, it doesn't feel like that's going to be possible. So the question then becomes for us, how do we deal with our feelings of loss or blueness as we enter into this Christmas season? Well, today, what I want to do is I want to take you back to the first Christmas, to some of the things that Mary and Joseph experienced, and see really what lessons that we can learn from them. Because I think if we look at the first Christmas, we can see that indeed it just wasn't filled with red bows and green holly, but rather it was filled with a lot of blue circumstances. You know, when we look at the very first Christmas, the first thing that we kind of really begin to see is that it was actually very emotionally blue. Mary and Joseph were in a stressful situation emotionally. We know from Matthew chapter 2 that right after Jesus was born, an angel appeared to Joseph and he told him that Herod, the most powerful ruler in the land, was seeking to kill baby Jesus. So imagine the fear, the fear that first Christmas that Mary and Joseph must have felt when they realized that this tyrant, Herod, was trying to hunt down and kill their newborn son. It was a terribly fearful time. And it goes on to say then in Matthew chapter 2, Herod was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. So we can see the situation really went from bad to worse and ended up in this horrible tragedy during this time. I mean, hundreds if not thousands of babies were killed. I mean, imagine the sounds of hearing all those families experiencing such a huge loss. I mean, the screams, I mean, the cries, the pain of all those parents, what, what they felt. They, they saw, remember, their children slain right before their very eyes. So the first Christmas, I mean, there was fear. There, there was depression. There, there was grief. It was heavy. It was hard. It was, it was blue. So what about you? What feelings are 
you dealing with this Christmas that are causing you maybe to feel emotionally blue? I mean, is it anxiety? Is it fear? Is it depression that you're experiencing? If you're feeling any of those things today, I just want to let you know those feelings are so real. And I want to let you know today as well that you're not alone. And the truth is, when we look at the very first Christmas, things were that way for them as well. Things were emotionally blue for them as well. Well, when we look at the first Christmas, we see that it was not only emotionally blue, but it was also relationally blue. Mary and Joseph were experiencing all kinds of relational loss. Mary's unexpected pregnancy, really, in that culture, I mean, it was horrible. I mean, no doubt it created just a monstrous relational rift between them and their families. I mean, Mary's family was embarrassed uh, about her pregnancy. Joseph's family was embarrassed because of the shame that it brought them. I mean, there was an estrangement. There was an estrangement in their family. And Mary and Joseph's relational losses, they weren't just limited to their families. It was their friends as well. I mean, no, no doubt they were uh, the subject of all kinds of, of gossip everywhere they went. They, they must have been surrounded just kind of by this whirlwind of whispers. And the truth is, the people that were close to them now because of Mary's crisis pregnancy weren't close to them any longer. I mean, they were shunned by their friends because of the situation. Mary and Joseph's friends left them. And now Mary and Joseph were all alone and they were isolated in the situation. And I know as we come into this Christmas season, the same is true for many of you today. Many of you today have had some relational losses that have happened in your life that have left you feeling relationally blue. I mean, it could have happened because of, of a broken friendship. It could have happened because of a divorce. It could have happened because you've lost someone close to you in this last year. And so as you approach Christmas, there's going to be an empty seat at the table. There's going to be a void when all the gifts get passed around. You know, I know for me, this Christmas isn't going to be the same. I know then I'm not going to get the stocking filled up this year. I mean, this really is the, the stocking uh, that I've had since that I was a little boy. My mom has filled this stocking, believe it or not, every year. I mean, every year my mom has uh, filled the stocking up with toothpaste, shaving cream, uh, an orange, and some socks. <laughs> and usually I get an overflow bag as well that that has in it some cheese and some crackers and anything else my mom wants to throw in. But you see, my mom's not going to be here for Christmas. And it leaves a gap. It makes me feel blue as we enter into the season. And I know the same is true for many of you today. That you're having some of those same feelings. I know that many of you have lost loved ones who might have passed away earlier this year. Well, they might have passed away several years ago. But at Christmas time, it all comes back afresh. Because the season of Christmas accentuates the reality that your loved one isn't here. And Christmas isn't going to be the same without them. 
And when I think of that kind of reality, I think of, of Travis Unruh, who we showed on the video last week, who lost his wife, Alicia, to COVID. And do you know when Alicia passed away? It was Christmas last year. And I think of Tanya Rimple, another lady in our church family who just lost her husband, Greg, to cancer right before Thanksgiving. You know, Greg was here just a few days ago. Now he's gone. He's not going to be here for Christmas. He's not going to be able to experience Christmas really with his two sons, Jordan and Jacob. You see, for many of us right now, nothing causes this Christmas to be more blue than the absence of a loved one. And so today, what we want to do is we want to create a moment, a moment really of remembrance for you. And so up in the front at all of our uh, locations, there are candles, and these candles are representative of loved ones that have passed. And, and perhaps this year is your first year, your first Christmas without that person. Or maybe it's the second. Or maybe it's the fifth Christmas without them. But the truth is, in many ways, it hasn't gotten easier. Christmas still feels blue because they're not here. And today what we want to do is we want to invite you to come uh, down to the front uh, to light a candle in memory of your loved one. We'll have people up at the tables as well to be able to help you. And before you leave those tables, we have a special ornament that we'd like to give you as well. It's an ornament of a cardinal that you can hang on your Christmas tree in remembrance of that person in your life that's not here that you've lost. We'd ask only that you only light one candle per family, and we'd ask as well that you'd only pick up one ornament per family so that we can make sure that everyone today has an opportunity to participate. And after this moment of remembrance, your campus pastor is going to come and share with you really the difference that Jesus can make this Christmas in the midst of maybe whatever loss that you might be experiencing. So I'm going to pray right now, and then after I pray, I want to invite you to come forward as we sing the song and light a candle in remembrance of someone that you've lost, and then your campus pastor is going to come and share after that. So would you pray with me now? Oh, Father in heaven, I just thank you so much for my, my good friends, my brothers and sisters that are gathered here right now. And I just want to pray for them. I want to especially pray for them and those who've lost people. And that those memories of their grief and of that person are just coming afresh back to the surface of their minds this Christmas. And I pray this Christmas that they would feel your hand on their shoulder. That your Holy Spirit, God, would comfort them. And God, that you would give them your peace. Your peace that passes all understanding this Christmas. You guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God, that as we come to Christmas, we can remember that you are Emmanuel, that you are God that is with us, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us. And we pray all these things right now 
In Jesus' name, amen. The first on the road, winter comes for us all. Our nature acquainted with the nature of patience. I can see it in the snow. I've been buried to grow. For your promises, from sea to sequoia. And I
sake of us all from Bethlehem's circle grew Calvary's sequoia such a special and, and powerful moment for us to be able to share together. And I want you to know this, the message of, of Christmas is that God is Emmanuel, that he is with us, that he is present with us, and he wants to give us his joy and his presence this Christmas. And really, when you look back through God's word, this is a message that he shows us again and again and again, that God is with his people and that God makes a way for his people. We see it at creation with Adam and Eve. We see it with uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, with the Israelites in Egypt and in the desert. And we see it when God brings his people up out of Babylon. And really Christmas is the pinnacle of this for us in God's story of how he walks and he is with his people. You know, it tells us in the book of Matthew it says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, my encouragement to you this Christmas would to know that God is with you. And whatever blueness that you may be feeling, whatever loss you may be having during this season, God is with you. And God does not just simply sympathize with us in some way because God is like distant and far off in heaven and he kind of sees what we're going through, but we have a God that empathizes with us because at Christmas we celebrate that that same God was born as a baby, the son of God, Jesus, and he knows what it's like to be human, that he knows what it's like to be cold and hungry, to lose someone that you love, to experience loss and broken relationships. God is really with us, and he wants us to experience the joy and his presence in this holiday season. You know, if you got a chance to come forward and light a candle today, I pray that that was a special and, and healing moment for you. And the thing I know about grief, uh, grief a lot of times is, is unpredictable. You never know when a word, uh, a conversation, something you see is going to bring up a feeling or maybe take you to a place that's, that's hard to be. But grief is certainly more predictable around the holiday season, isn't it? This time of year where we celebrate family and friends, uh, we think about loved ones, a lot of those feelings can come up really fresh in this season, and we may expect those. And so what I want to do today, you know, as we talk about how we can have God's joy, his presence, how God makes a way for us, you know, knowing that we're going to go away from here today and that we may experience some of those feelings again, how can we learn to maybe cope or deal with some of those emotions, some of that blueness that we might have this holiday season? The first thing that I want to encourage you to do today, I want to encourage you to look up. You know, one of the things that's fascinating about the Christmas story is all the different times that angels visit the characters in the story. They visit Mary and Joseph, uh, the wise men, the shepherds. And each time when the angels visit uh, one of these people in the story, what they're doing is they are trying to continue to instill in them the hope that God has for them, uh, the joy that he has in front of them, and really trying to continue to direct and guide them uh, for the will that he has for them in his life, in their lives. 
And uh, my, my favorite interaction that happens between the angels and the people in the Christmas story is really the interaction between Gabriel and Mary. You know, Gabriel is telling Mary that she's about to, to have this child, that she's going to give birth to this Messiah. And she's asking these questions of, you know, how can I know that this is going to happen? How can I trust that all of this will come true? And I love what uh, Gabriel says to Mary here in Luke chapter 1. He says, no word from God will ever fail. Then Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. You know, I want to encourage you in this season when you feel blue to look up, to trust in God's word and to trust in his promises, to allow yourself, you know, if there are some verses that you need to memorize in this holiday season to remember God's presence, to remember his goodness and his faithfulness, I want to encourage you to do that, to spend time in God's word to make sure that you're making place to spend time in prayer. And that doesn't mean that we won't have moments where we are emotionally blue or that we are upset or frustrated with God or whatever it may be that we're feeling in this season. But my encouragement to you would be don't allow those feelings to drive you away from God, but make those feelings that drive you towards God, towards his word and the promises that he has for you to know that God wants to bring you joy that his presence is with you, that he has life that he desires for you. Those are all things that God's word says for us, and we need to keep those things close to our hearts in this season. Second thing that I want to encourage you to do is to listen up. You know, the story of the wise men uh, is that, you know, they have this ancient prophecy that says if they follow this star, they will eventually find this king and this messiah that's supposed to be born. And so they, their journey takes them from their country all the way in the east up into uh, Israel, and they find themselves in the city of Jerusalem. There they meet King Herod. And King Herod says, hey, when you find this child, I want you to report back and tell me where he is, you know, cause so I can go and worship him too, right? Although Herod, what he's actually looking to do is he wants to kill the baby. He's afraid that he's going to take power from him, that he's going to overtake his throne. And so I want you to pay attention to uh, what the wise men experience and what they choose to do. It tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 2, it says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. You know, in this season, if, you, if you're feeling blue, if you're feeling down, I would really encourage you to think of what are the voices that I'm listening to? Oh, for the wise men, they had this choice. They could either listen to Herod and go back to him and report what they saw, or they could really lean on what they had seen and what they experienced. That they had this moment where they got to be in front of the king of the universe, the future savior, to lay their gifts before him and to, to worship him. And so I want to encourage you, what are the things that you're listening to in this time? You know, when you find yourself down or you find yourself in a place where you are blue, are there things that you reach for that are hurtful or harmful to you? That could be a lot of different things. It could be what you eat. It could be drink. It could be the things that you choose to watch or listen to, social media, news, whatever it is. But I hope you put that through a filter and ask yourself questions like, is this something that's really helping me or is it hurting me? Is it helping me experience God's joy and his presence in my life in this season, or is it disconnecting me from those things? One of the voices that I would really encourage you to watch out for and be wary of in this season is the voice of the enemy, 
The Bible tells us we have an enemy that wants to cut us off from God, that he wants to destroy us. And the trickiest thing about this enemy is a lot of times his voice sounds like our voice. When we say things like, I'm alone, that there's no one that, that cares about me, that, that I can't fix the mess that I'm in, that I, I'm just not good enough, that I'm not going to measure up. And we have to be able to, you know, test those voices and filter them against the voice of God and who God says that we are. One of the things that I would really encourage you to lean on, just how the wise men got to experience Jesus, to worship him and lay their gifts down before him. You know, are there past experiences with God that you can lean on in this season? And maybe you do feel like at a place where you're like, well, I just, I can't feel God right now that I can't hear his voice, that I don't feel his goodness, but are there past moments where you can remember God's faithfulness, his goodness, his presence in your life, and you can lean on those moments to say, I know that those things are true, that God is with me, that I can listen to his voice in this season and not the voice of the enemy. Last thing I want to encourage you to do, and this one is so important, I want to encourage you to speak up. You know, one of the things that's, one of the parts of the Christmas story that maybe is a little bit forgotten at times is the fact that, that when Mary had this conversation with Gabriel and she found out that she was going to be pregnant, the very first thing that she did was she got help. She said, I, I don't know anything about being pregnant, but I know I have a cousin, Elizabeth, who's pregnant right now, and so I think I can go to her to get the help or get some guidance that I need. It tells us in the story <coughs> in Luke it says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a really cool story, and it's this amazing imagery that Elizabeth, with this child that she already has in her belly, the moment she hears Mary's voice, recognizes it as the mother of the Savior, and the baby leaps in the womb. It says that she is filled with with the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want us to recognize today, man. There is power when we take on struggles together in the name of Jesus. You know, when God's people come together and we're there for each other, to support each other, to love each other, to care for one another, man, God, his power is present and he is there in that. So my encouragement to you, you know, if you are feeling blue, if you're feeling alone or down or whatever it is that you may be going through this holiday season, don't feel like you have to go through that alone. Please reach out to somebody for help. That could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be another trusted believer, whoever it is, please, please, please do not go through that alone. And likewise, if you're here today and you say, well, you know, I don't know if I have that emotional blueness or if I'm going through anything like that, I would almost guarantee that you probably know somebody who's going through something this Christmas. Whether it's a loss of somebody or they're going through some kind of crisis or something else in their life. And I would encourage you, do not assume that that person has people in their corner that are taking care of them. But be that person that will reach out to them and help them experience the joy and the presence of God in this holiday season. Well, there's lots of things that you could do. Number one thing you could do, if it were me, bake cookies, right? Not like I would bake cookies, but someone, if you want to bake cookies for me, right? Like everybody, I think, loves cookies. That could be, uh, it could be baked goods. It could be, you know, writing a letter, inviting someone over, making sure to go to them and have a conversation. But I would encourage you to be that person 
who would walk with them, who would help really bridge the gap in this holiday season. You know, the message of Christmas really is that God in his power and his wisdom and his love, he has made a way for him to be present with us and to make a way for us. That God has really made a way through the birth of his son to, shack, to unshackle us from the things that hold us down, the things that enslave us, the things that trap us, that God wants to be able to set us free from those things. There's one last passage that I want to share with you guys today. Again, from the book of Matthew. It simply says this in 121. It says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You know, for all of us, that is our great hope this Christmas. That is our source of joy that we have a God that wants to be with us and set us free from our pain, from our hurt, from all the things that we experience as humans, that God wants to be with us in that. And what I want to do today for you guys, you know, if you've never had that opportunity to experience God's presence, to experience his joy in your life, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. You know, God's word would tell us the moment that we choose to trust and believe in Jesus, that he is God's son, that God has sent him, that he gives us his Holy Spirit. That God's spirit, that God's presence lives within us and inside us. And that's something that nobody can take away. No darkness can overcome it. That's a light that we have forever in our lives. And my hope is that all of us get the opportunity to be able to experience that this Christmas. And so what I want to ask you to do right now is let's go ahead and bow our heads. Let's spend a moment at a time in prayer. And if you're here today and you want to make that decision to follow Jesus for the first time, to have God's joy, his presence, his light, his hope in your life, then what I would ask you to do in the quietness of your heart, I just want you simply to follow me in this prayer. Say, God, I've lived in darkness. And I recognize that Jesus is the light that I need in my life. God, thank you for sending your son for us. God, thank you that he gave his life, that he died for my sins so that I could experience your presence and your life that you want to give. God, today I choose to make him my Lord, my Savior. God, I choose to let him lead my life. With everyone's head still bowed, if you made that prayer today to, to make Jesus the leader of your life for the first time, then what I would ask you to do right now is I just want you to simply raise your hand to just declare it, to say, God, today I'm experiencing your joy, uh, your presence, your spirit is with me for the first time that I have chosen to follow Jesus, that I choose your joy and your presence this Christmas. Awesome. Awesome. If you're online, you can simply click on the link or type, that's me in the chat. Awesome. Let me pray for you right now. God, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord, who for the first time are experiencing the joy that only you can give that comes through your son who was given as a gift for us. God, we thank you that you are, Lord, a waymaker, that you are a God of miracles and you have made a way for us even in 
pain and hurt and loneliness. God, experience the life and the joy and the presence of you. God, we just pray that we would lean on that this Christmas, that we would remember you and pray all this in Jesus' name.